the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I am the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the second part of your 2023 review. Spotify do their year in music wrapped and we couldn't think of anything better to call it. So this is your Bolton Wanderers year wrapped. I did suggest at this point to Henry that we should try and do a wrap, but suddenly his Wi-Fi started playing up. So never mind, never mind. Um, If you haven't listened to part one, then let me just bring you very quickly up to date. Wondra sold Dapo, then they bought a few players who didn't quite have the ground running. Dion got mistaken for catcher. Traff nearly decapitated somebody at Accrington. Wanderers won the Papa John's Trophy, then lost to Barnsley in the playoffs, and we all decided it was probably better they didn't go up anyway because the championship looks a bit tricky this season. Whew. There we have it, all caught up. A very happy new year to everybody who tunes into the buff every single week. Tell your friends, tell your relatives, we're out every single Friday, bringing you up to date with everything that happens from the Bolton News And here's a newsflash, we may well be bringing you a second episode of The Buff every single week from here on in in 2024. Big plans afoot, but alas, you came here for the second part of our year wrapped and here it is. Here's part two. So speaking of a stronger team, I guess we move into the summer then, uh, where we start to see some new signings. Yes, yes, some interesting ones as well. We've... we had some some that came in and some that disappeared. So let's talk about the uh, the ones that came in. Um, we've got uh, Bob Varson got a new deal. That's that was that was good news. But um, I would argue the the biggest all rights with two of the signings they did make permanent signings. I'm going to pick uh, Josh Dakers Cogley. Um, not only did he give us the scoring system on Who Are You. Um, which is probably his, his second biggest contribution. His biggest contribution has been all the assists, the endless running and the massive number of minutes he's played so far. Nobody would have predicted that at the time. A player who had been playing at League Two level with Tranmere, yes, he had some championship experience with Birmingham, but my word, he really has been a find. I, 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 well, if you think about Dacus Cogley when he came in, um, we were also linked with the likes of uh, Wilson, Kane Wilson, <clears> he went to uh, Derby. Fantaki got Darbo as well at uh, Coventry, I seem to remember. Yeah, so I think people were looking and going, okay, he's coming in from Tramier, he'll be like an understudy or whatever. And he quickly became one of our better players in our team. And and I've even heard other EFL podcasts name him as like the best fullback in the league. So, you know, I think he's surprised us all. He's had a, a bit of a, the last few weeks has been a bit of a, he's kind of, plateaued a little bit mm. um, I don't know whether that's he's run out of energy or or whatever or just a loss of form but you know I think he's he's been a very good player for us and he's he, you could tell in that playoff semi-final when we scored the goal at home when Williams got to the byline and drilled it across for Charles I think you could tell then that is what we how we want to play mm. we hadn't seen much of that from Williams before that and that to me was like right that's how we're going to play next year and I think the amount of goals we've had like all I think when Adi Biejo scored that hat trick against Fleetwood all three had come from real like crosses from that so that was the way and Dacus Cogley fits that so yeah he's been um, I think he's been a, a good player and I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses for us another quick alright Nathan Baxter for me Best signing of the summer. Yeah, 
pressure was on him, wasn't it? Which you know he's automatically mm-hmm. going to get compared to Charm to James Trafford, and I think at the start there were a few people who were looking and going because um, I don't think he was necessarily challenged in the first few games. We didn't concede in the first two. I don't think any shots on target for the first three games. It was crazy. No, yeah. So um, and then it wasn't until that Wigan game where he got, you know, tested, and obviously mm. we we don't want to talk about that. But like, I think since then, especially throughout, and not the the run we had post Carlisle, where mm. he had his doubters then, but the ten or eleven games we had put then, where we didn't concede for about eight of them, I think he's got used to that position now. He's getting better with his feet, and I think. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a goalkeeper like that. He, he, he goes under the radar. Trafford was very much like in your face. Everyone loved him. Baxter does isn't that type of player, but he is putting in performances like Trafford did. So, um, yeah, very good. And for uh, for every all right, there's a Barry Knight. So I'm going to pick up uh, the Barry Knights for June. Um, summer transfers are a, a mad thing sometimes i have to say and, and this is somebody who makes a living out of writing about them but sometimes there are two completely opposite sides to the story being told and it, it is nigh impossible to get to the bottom of exactly which one is telling the truth so kane wilson was you mentioned before he was one of those uh keanu bacchus at saint mirren another one both players uh are strongly rumoured, I think it's fair to say, to uh, to have failed medicals at Bolton. Move didn't go through. However, at the time, both players and, and the representatives thereof uh, were swearing blind there was no medical problem and that it was a financial issue that uh, had made Bolton pull out uh, of the deal rather than it being a, a physical thing at the time. And it was as, it was as clear as mud, to be quite frank. Um both sides of the story absolutely swearing blind that they were right um, but needless to say both players did uh, did not come to Bolton um, and it it's really mucky the transfer transfer world sometimes but I think Bolton in the end with the deal they did uh, with certainly with Dacus Cogley to, to bring in a right wing back Bacchus seems to be a defensive midfielder and I, I wonder whether there was ever another um, option for that one or whether or not he may crop up somewhere down the line you sometimes find that don't you that a move doesn't happen there and it happens there so um, I, I wonder whether or not Bolton just moved away from that um, but they were both obviously very close yeah they were and I remember us talking on the podcast and uh, people were, were like it was such a weird transfer window wasn't it because we started off with some uh, signings early doors and then you've got <laughs> You've got these two players that people were expecting us to bring in. There's obviously banter between the two sets of fans, and then it mm. didn't happen. And you suddenly our transfer window had gone to dreadful. <laughs> and it's so funny how then I think we'd signed a few players just after that, and he went back to being, oh, this is a great transfer window. So uh, it's just funny when there's nothing on, when it's there's weird. not England playing. Yeah, people obsess over it. And Kane Wilson. I can't honestly say how he's done for Derby. I I haven't heard much of him. He's back in the since. team now. He's he has he's had injuries, but I think he's back in the team now. Which um, you know, obviously for, a, for the lad's career, I'm glad to see. But uh, I think he has struggled quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean that and that's Derby's problem now, isn't mm. it? Like, mm. you know, it's it's easy to say oh, we want all these signings, but 
then he Bolton were in a position where they're having to pay him. Uh, if he had failed a medical, same with the uh, you know Bacchus for Saint Mirren. If it's the club have got to be run differently, you know, like no, we're not taking risks on players anymore just because we've got to. Um, and it's like you know Bacchus. Uh, I don't really watch Scottish football to be honest, but I don't know how he's really done at Saint Mirren. So if he's, uh, it's not like you're hearing him every week and going, oh, we missed out on this player. I can't say we particularly missed him. Well, Bacchus played against England uh, at Wembley for Australia. Um, I'm just, you could probably have the keyboard. You know, you, can, you can, can't Google anything uh, secretively on a podcast because the sound of a keyboard seems to just get picked up really easily by microphones. Um, but yes, uh, 25 appearances for St. Mirren and uh, Australia this season. His last, uh, his last game, I think he's still playing. Yeah, 16th of uh, December he played and got booked. He, he seems to be as prolific at getting bookings as George Thomason. So it's a good job we don't have both of them in the team, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess as long as they get booked at different times, then uh, they could just re- <laughs> replace each other. Um, so I guess we move into July then. I guess so. Let's move into July. Um, I'm going to go for um, an all right off straight off the bat. And that was pre-season friendlies. I do love pre-season friendlies. You get all sorts of weird and wonderful uh, tales that come out about uh, around them. Um, James Trafford turning up and sitting in the dugout at Curzon Ashton was definitely one of the highlights of the summer. Um, fresh from the European Under-21 Championship triumph where he didn't concede a goal. Penalty hero, absolute legend. Um, and then he just waltzes in about two days later to go and watch Bolton at Curzon Ashton. Yeah, it was. Uh, I went to that game. Didn't see Trafford, but I knew he was there. You could tell he was there with the amount of um, people excited in the stadium. Um, people also forget that that was Cameron Jerome who scored that day. Uh, so I can say I've seen Cameron Jerome score for Bolton. Wow. I, do you know what? I couldn't have said that. If you'd have asked me which game did Cameron Jerome score in, I would not have been able to give you the, the correct answer. <laughs> um, have you got anything else that's positive from July? Um, well, we had uh, a few more signings. Will Forrester came in from Port Vale mm-hmm. and uh, Luke Matheson joined on trial. Um, he's recently given a contract, hasn't he? So that's that was a trial that was... Um, yeah, I mean, let's face it, we all kind of expected with Luke Matheson, as long as he doesn't get injured in that trial, we're always going to sign him in some way, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. As as long as physically he was he was up for it. I mean, the the poor lad had been through a hell of a a bad time with injuries at Wolves, um, but I think what we've seen from him already in the cup competitions and also um, what we've seen from him in the B team as well, he's been able to steadily build himself up, and I'm really glad to see. I, I think he's got a really big twelve months ahead of him, where he will be knocking on the front the, the front door, um, knocking on the door, whatever door, back door, front door, side doors doesn't really matter of the first team. Um, he'll be uh, he'll be there this season, I think. Watching his interview with the club, and I remember thinking at the time when he signed and he did an interview with the club, he's a very mature lad, isn't he, for mm. such a young guy? Which you forget he's so young because he. You know, he, 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 I hate to use that term, burst on the scene, but he did burst on the scene <laughs> when he was 16. So, um, yeah, he really did burst on the scene, not like a Michael Richards burst on the scene. He actually really yeah. did. We didn't know anything about him, and then all of a sudden he was there. <laughs> no, but I think uh, with Matheson, what could work well is you sometimes see players like you've got this with Rooney, you know, players that do burst on the scene at 16. He, they, uh, there's not many of them that then play until they're 40. Whereas with Matheson, he, because he's, he's 
had a few years out. He's kind mm. of restarting his career again, isn't he? At twenty mm. or twenty-one or whatever he is. So maybe that will prolong his career in a weird way. Mm, I agree with that. I think he will. Uh, I think he will benefit as long as he can get himself right with his his hamstrings and such. Like I think he he generally has got it in him uh, to to start again and to to really build himself as a as a first team player at Bolton. Uh, Barry Knight in uh, July. I don't think there's any doubt what the big one was, and that was about 15 minutes or so into the game at Bamber Bridge. George Johnson goes into a typically kind of brave 50-50 challenge, comes out very much second best. You could tell straight away that it was not good um, as he was kind of helped off the pitch and he's not been out to play this season. I don't think he will play this season, even if you ask John, he probably would say he would like to. Um, I don't think he will. Uh, Cruciate ligament injury, which is always a, a very serious one, but... One thing we have seen recently is that Josh Sheehan's shown there is a way back from it these days and that you can um, can get back to where you were. Oh, yeah. He's, um, Sheehan is a, like a, he's a shining light for anyone who has a long-term injury. Mm. And uh, George Johnson is... I, you know, you obviously, we all hope that he, he comes back and he's as strong as ever, and I'm sure he will be. He's, he's ahead of schedule, of, apparently, you know what he never said. So... Oh, yeah, I think this year will be too much for him. But again, he's a player that you look at him and you don't think, oh, well, if we get promoted, he's going to be off. If you always mm. looked at George Johnson and went, oh, well, he'll be in the championship with us. It's fine. So um, you you do trust that should, it, you know, should we get promoted, then he'll come back refreshed. I always feel sorry for players that are out for the season or, or due to come back in May because you, you're coming back, you're ready to go and there's a two months off yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think really sorry for Bob Varson and Iredale were like that in, in January they both got ruled out and, and they were probably ready to play by the end of May well, yeah um, yeah it was I mean it was it was a it was a crap start to the pre-season <laughs> to put it bluntly but yeah um, well I guess then there weren't really anything else in pre-season was there we drew against Everton and beat West Brom but then everyone was just excited for the new season yeah, it was it was a bit of a nothing preseason. I do remember the rainstorm at uh, Bamber Bridge, though. I just remember seeing so many Bolton fans ducking for cover at that uh, that stadium. An absolutely cataclysmic uh, thunderstorm that happened above the above the, above the game. It almost made it unplayable. But um, yeah, so we we got another sign in as well. I, I, I mean, Zach Ashworth is is an interesting one, really, as far as um, as far as Bolton's concerned, because. There was a, an unwritten secret that he'd agreed a permanent deal at the end of his loan, uh, as long as Bolton saw enough in him. And, and unfortunately, we haven't really seen much of him at all. So I guess he kind of falls into the Barry Knight category at the moment because we just haven't seen enough to make a, a proper judgment of him. Yeah, it's it's a shame because when you hear of players like that and you think he's coming from West Brom and you, you just think, all right, well, yeah, West Brom, it might not work out for him, but it's different at Bolton. And you, you, he was a player who... He's young and he's playing for Wales, you know, you set up and you, you kind of looked and thought, well, this is a guy that could come in and, and make a difference for us. He could come in and um, and we could then sell him in a few years for a lot of money. And you're right, it's just not quite happened. And He's, he's done okay in the games he's played. I don't think he's been spectacular, but it, it must be difficult if you, you're not really fit enough to play. You, you know, if you are coming in and you consistently just coming back from an injury it's going to be difficult isn't it? it certainly is we move on to 
um, August then, and it's uh, well. I mean, this is the proper season. Proper season starts. We're finally playing some. Uh, uh, you know, Bolton have made their uh, targets, automatic promotion targets, very, very patently clear to everybody. Um, but biggest signing I think they made in the summer. Manchester City's nets. That's one of my all rights. Um, it worked for them. It's going to work for Bolton. Well, we got our use out of him, didn't we? In that first month, uh, <laughs> with uh, a couple of scoring, a couple of three, well, three nil, three one, then getting beat four nil. And considering yeah, that team, right. though, I mean, we went into the season there. There was a lot of talk about the strikers and the fact that Adebayo hadn't really kind of gelled and uh, and Lundaloo had been signed permanently and fans weren't really entirely bought in with him. Jerome obviously hadn't scored yet, etc. in his age and blah, blah, blah. It was weird that we've come into this season, suddenly just started scoring goals left, right and centre. There, And by the way, there is a little bite back from some of the supporters. I do appreciate this, that, that some of the goals have been scored against uh, teams in the Papa John's Trophy or whatever it's called, Bristol Street Trophy, Motors Trophy, Trophy. Um, yeah, they still count as far as I'm aware. Um, I, I'm, I'm. Everybody else is getting to do it. No, nobody else has scored as many goals as Bolton. So why shouldn't it be uh, a positive statistic to put out there? It, it, it bamboozles me. I, I've had a few people come up to me recently and say, oh, what, what are you banging on about Bolton scoring so many goals in, in this calendar year for? Like, because they have. Yeah, yeah, but it's against United's kids. Well, what does that matter? Every, everybody else at this level gets a chance to play against United's kids as well, and they haven't scored that many goals. <laughs> yeah, it's some people just don't want to have fun. I've, I, my, one of my favourite insults to someone is, "I bet you have fun at parties," and that is <laughs> the case with some people. We just be like, "Yeah," uh, but I, I get it. I, I do get it. You know, and, and it's not every year you play Man United under twenty ones and end up beating them eight eight one, but. You know, you've got to score the goals and we've seen in that competition is that there's plenty of teams that come up against those type of teams or lower league teams and lose. Like Portsmouth, as we speak yesterday, got beat 5-2 to Wimbledon. You've, mm. you've got to win the matches and you've got to, um, you, you know, yeah, you, you've just got to perform. You've got the attitude it, for it, haven't you? That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like a reserve game. You can go, there, go around there and jog around for 90 minutes or you can go around there and you can you can make it work for you. Yeah, it's um, you've you've got to do it, and you've and and if it ends up being a bit of a practice match, then it's a practice match for the the way that we play, the the passing, the movement, and stuff. So it can only be a positive, and it doesn't surprise me that yeah, we've beaten United under twenty ones eight, you know, by eight, but then we beat Exeter by seven. So it, it all comes together. Another big moment for August and an all right that I shall uh, shall highlight. George Thomason turning down Bristol City. It has been a while since we've done a story like this where one of Bolton's players sought after from a team in the division above. Nigel Pearson, who was in charge at Bristol City, fancied uh, George Thomason uh, to come in um, and play in his midfield. Bid around and about a million pounds plus bonuses. Um, Bolton accepted the offer and said to George Thomason, if you want to go, you can go, but we'd like to keep you. And he stayed. Uh, a big, a big statement, I think, for him. Yeah, it's, I think it's a big statement for him and the club. And a lot of people said at that point that he's a future ca captain of Bolton. And you see him yeah. on the pitch, and he's a very vocal person. To considering he's a young guy and he's not afraid of, of 
you know, giving people, giving Bolton players a bit of a kick up the backside. He's not. He's not bothered about giving opponents kick up the backside. <laughs> no, he's not, and that's why he's uh, he's got what nine bookings already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I like Thomason. I don't want to be one of those people that are like, oh, I said he was good, you know, before it was cool. But I, I've always seen just something in him that is a bit different to what we have. Uh, and I, I really like him as a player. I think he's a, a good player. And it didn't surprise me that Bristol City have come in for him. It's a, You know what? It's It did surprise me, but it didn't. Because I remember watching that Cheltenham game where the, the news of the bid had come out just before the game. And... You looked at Thomason when the camera panned to the, the subs bench just as the players were coming out, and Thomason looked miserable. And I thought then, I thought, well, that's either someone that has been told he's not leaving, but we want you to leave, uh, but he wants to leave, or mm. someone who has, actually doesn't want to leave us. Uh, so then when Everett said, yeah, we've said it's down to him, I thought, oh, yeah, he don't want to leave us here. And I think it was just a massive, massive coup for Bolton to turn around to a championship side and say, no, our player doesn't want yeah, no, I think uh, George's got his head screwed down. I do do agree with the people that say he's going to be a future Bolton captain. He, he talks as well as as any of the players there at, uh, at that club. Um, right, so Barry Knights for August. Um, I guess some more transfer speculation that, that none of us wanted to consider was the fact that Dion Charles and uh, it was being linked to, to Stoke and Watford. That didn't work out, um, and thankfully that didn't work out. Um, but I suppose there was one result that stands out in August that... I mean, we're going to have to say it, aren't we? Yeah, we only beat Barrow 1-0. <laughs> this is a proper review. This is a serious review of the year, and we've got to take the rough with the smooth. Bolton Wonders nil, Wigan 4. There, it happened. Let's move on. Okay, so Ian Everett was sent off um, for the misuse of technology as well. That's got to be a Barry Knight. I've never heard that before in my life. He, as far as we're aware, he's the only manager ever to have been sent off for that. Um against Fleetwood what what did you make of that yeah it was a it was a first I mean that whole five minutes was was madness we were 3-0 up and you because we won our first two games 3-0 you were looking at it and thinking well come on we need to get fourth we need to let's let's batter these they're rubbish and then suddenly Charles got sent off for I still don't know what it was for <laughs> something with Jay Lynch wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Everett got sent off, and again, no one really knows what it was for. And it was just, it was just, it was, yeah. And, it, and ironically, it was the same referee that sent Charles off instead of Kachunga. So um, <clears throat> he eventually, right, you know, got to, whether it was right or wrong, got to send off uh, Charles. But, um, and it, it just, yeah, that game then meant we look, we only won 3 1. And, uh, and I think. I think I mean we didn't have Charles for that Wigan game because of it. Um, <clears throat> we ended up we did have Everett because it was overturned. But um, I just think the whole palaver of that happening before that game just really didn't help anyone. <clears throat> and I think it did affect the players with that um, because I mean Wigan obviously played well, but we just didn't turn up. And um, you know if if Ian Everett hadn't been spending his, his the days before it having meetings with referees officials and and all sorts having to explain the misuse of technology then maybe it might have been a different result a few days later moving on to september um we did put eight goals past manchester united's kids don't really need to talk about it that much it did happen though um finally beat 
Derby County in front of a big crowd. That that has been thrown in Bolton's faces a fair bit, really, since since the attendance police have been out in force. Because I think nowadays the fixation on the number of people that attend Bolton Wanderers matches is astonishing. Some of the biggest stories you can write online, for example, um, are just basically updates on ticket sales. And I can't imagine that this was something that fascinated people in the past. I just think it's a modern phenomenon that people are so bothered about how many people watch your football team um, and other people's football teams and how attendances compare. It seems to be something that, that you kids just can't get enough of, Henry. Yeah, is when you explain it like that, I, I don't know why. And it is, it's a funny, isn't it? But I think because, because in this country, we're so proud of the amount of people that mm. watch football and go to the matches and, Considering that we are a very small country, our attendances are the best in the world. You know, I think it's it's just funny how uh, yeah people obsess about it, and it becomes like something that you can like we say to Wigan like oh you've got no fans and whatever. And <laughs> even though I can say to you oh yeah it doesn't matter to me, but I can you know I go into the match on Saturday and I want to know what's the attendance. I know we you know in before away games i'll go on that the ticket office twitter page and see if they've done any updates on what i'm not even going to the match like <laughs> but i want to know how many away fans we're taking and then you know average attendances and bolton are always second with portsmouth this year and yeah it's it's it is a modern phenomenon because you're right i guess all those years ago when it was actually a, a spot-on number bearing in mind mm. right now Season ticket holders don't turn up. It, they still get counted, whereas yep. years ago, you had to have the stub. So, uh, yeah, years ago when it actually was the correct number, no one bothered. I was, I'm always fascinated by when the attendance gets read out at a football game that fans clap it. I don't really get <laughs> what's being clapped. <laughs> well done for being here, guys. That kind of thing. It's, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, yeah, cheering. If uh, I do, there's part of me that do does find it funny when uh, you know they, they cheer when Bolton are playing away, say at Burton, and people cheer. And mm. there's there is a little bit that's funny, but then again, it's not the funniest thing that happens at Burton. The funniest thing that happens at Burton is when we announce the subs are sponsored by Doggy Daycare. Yeah, or that weird weird mascot comes out and scares the living bejesus out of everybody still don't know what it is um right so the 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 barry nights of september uh they lost a couple of players to injury and um, there were a few good results actually in september i think we should just touch base on the fact that there were some good results in in september they did beat derby beat salford beat united uh beat uh, port vale um things were starting to look a bit better the big barry night was getting jones red card against peterborough which probably Stop that having uh, any chance of that being a win, um, and then whatever the hell happened at Reading. Yeah, considering that that was my last away game, I could a last long distance away game before my child was born. Uh, yeah, I, I picked the wrong one there. <laughs> Definitely um, did. Yeah, but uh, the I should have just gone to a hotel and watched the eight one against United and treated that as an away game. Yeah, it doesn't uh, count. Doesn't count. It was United's kids. It doesn't count as a real game. You're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, I, I think uh, that Reading game was put in the the same bracket as the Wigan game, where it, you know we started well and well. We I thought Reading started better, and then the, the fans threw tennis balls on the pitch, which disrupted their rhythm. We scored, and then 
we were we were fine. We were you know coasting, but you always felt the longer it went on at one nil. I know it's a cliche, but you know, they were going to equalise and they did. And mm. we just did. I don't think we turned up that day. It was yeah, it was just a poor. And I think where you see red in in the table, you just look and think, how have we managed to lose that one? Yeah, Charlie Chuffing Savage. Um, let's move on to October, and and things start picking up after that. After that, um, Reading one, start winning a few games. Sam Hurd has has moved on uh, as first team coach after a, a couple of seasons. Did a really good job. Matt Craddock steps in. All of a sudden, everything he touches turns to victories. Um, they finally beat Wickham. Come back, e- even though they let Wickham back into the game. In, uh, at two all, they still provide two late goals and win the game four two. Um, but for me, the best uh, was, and we've touched on the the kind of the Charlton win and the Aaron Morley uh, free kick and the, the record they've got at Charlton. But the the win this season, God, it feels like we've, we've gone through a whole year of, of things. Yeah. I'm thinking if I already talked about that, no, that was last season's Charlton game. Um, yes, this season's Charlton game. Speaking to Gething Jones and. Talking about uh, the kind of the, the progress he'd made after that red card against Peterborough and, and the way he's come back, I think he's been a lot stronger. It's funny, isn't it? How you know we've been doing this podcast for a few years now, and there's always there's always someone who's having a you know I reckon if you listen back to old episodes of the Buff of what we heard, especially when Dion was getting stick, you go oh, Dion Charles is getting stick, and people are like when did that happen? <clears throat> Why would you give Dion stick? Same with Geffen, you know he's. You know, he, he has been, I thought he's done all right the last few, uh, you know, since he's come back from that red card. But before that, people were getting on his back. and um, Moves in cycles, doesn't know, it? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's important to remember that as fans, that, you know, these players are being picked for a reason. And, OK, it may not be that they're playing that well at the moment, but you know the farm will pick up, especially with the, the manager and the mentality around Bolton Wanderers now. is They're not just going to allow players to, to drop the standards. Mm. So beat Stevenage, beat Northampton, Wickham and Charlton in October. The only downside was the cruddy home defeat to Carlisle and the fact that Kyle Dempsey ended up fracturing his back. I guess that's a that's definitely a Barry night, eh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I noticed Carlisle are, are also taking... 4,000 to Wigan when they play them over Christmas and we'll see if they, uh, they go away from their free one win or whether they get battered. <laughs> uh, is it annoying our teams? They just Some teams just... Carlisle bottom four but suddenly turned into Barcelona 2012 or whatever, you know. When they, they were allowed to turn into Barcelona. That was a poor day. It was a poor day. Yeah, was they, they, they were bullied out of it. I mean, th- there, was a, there was a moment there where Dempsey being out and I think didn't Joel Coleman like trip over some balls and training ground and you had you had Magoma and Mendez were still out and it looked as if the whole prophecy of Bolton's squad isn't strong enough was going to come true at one stage but then suddenly the winds just started turning up yeah they did and I, I think that international week after the Carlisle yeah. game was, it was so important because I know we came back and we, we played Northampton didn't we and Mm. The first thirty minutes, we played them off the park, and then it it kind of they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. But I think though that two weeks where they were very quiet, not much were coming. We were saying on the podcast, oh, actually no, it was when my son was born, so it was you and Derek doing it. So <laughs> uh, I I and I, I weren't itching to get back at that point just because there were nothing to talk about, and it's the club settled, didn't they? They they just 
it was kind of like, right, let's sort this out. And they sorted it out in a big way because we went on and we didn't lose again until December. Well, it was a case of winning games, not winning them quite convincingly enough for some people at one stage. But I think as we go on to November, it started to, to get better. Uh, finally, he never gets a, a, an FA Cup win under his belt. He'd been waiting a while for that one. Beat Solihull Moors 4-0, wasn't it, I think? Um, and then that game against Exeter, 7-0. Happy days. Yeah, I know. I was worried. I was worried, Mark, that we knew they'd give some team a hiding at some point. I was worried that I wouldn't be at that match. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, funnily enough, that day, um, our son had been... He'd, he'd had a restless night and I'd say to my wife, I said, listen, if you don't want me to go, I don't have to. And she said, he was good in the morning, which I think is a good sign. Mm. And he knew what the score was going to be because he was good in the morning. She went, no, you go to the match. And it was 7-0. Um, <laughs> and I got to see it. So I was, I was happy. And shame, shame for any fan that did miss that because it was the first time since that Swindon game in 97. Yeah. First time we'd scored seven uh, in a league match. Of course, United under 21s doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. It doesn't count at all. Uh, not a real team. Um, but I'll tell you who are a real team, Blackpool. And, and to be honest with you, I got more joy out of George Thomason scoring that winning goal against Blackpool than I did against uh, from the 7-0 win and against Exeter, I think. That that was yeah. the best moment of this current season so far for me, Thomason's goal against Blackpool. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd 100% agree with that. That was the... I think it was because it was a it was a game on a knife edge as well, and, mm. and obviously a local derby. And, good team, um, yeah, good team. And um, you know, there's been so many occasions in the past where Bolton have, have lost that type of game. You know, they've just not not concentrated for a moment, or they've it's just you know they've yeah, and they've, they've gone and let a, a a goal out of nothing slip. But mm. you know, for Thomason to pull that out, and it was you know it, it was just a we got a loose ball and it came to him and he's, he's put it in. And I think the roar from the ground, you know, people have been talking recently about the atmosphere at, at Bolton Stadium. Mm. And I would some say, oh, it's only ever good in, in certain moments, whereas some grounds it's good all the time. Whereas Bolton's, it tends to be good in moments. And then, you know, when you have those moments like that goal against Blackpool for Thomason, it does erupt and it's, uh, and I always judge it on with if the fans are chanting as they leave the ground and they were against Blackpool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a Barry Knight for November. Not easy because they were winning so many games. I suppose he who shall not be named was linked with uh, Reading, which hasn't come to anything. As I said, it wasn't on the podcast. And uh, winning streak. Oh, I, yeah, I suppose they drew against Oxford. I suppose uh, it didn't really seem like a bad point, if I'm honest. No, but we had the chances to win. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Certainly, the the players probably felt that point. I mean, looking back, it was a it was a bit of a turning point uh, as we move into December, our current month. And obviously, this isn't going to be a complete review of December because, um, well, we're still in it. But got through to the third round of the FA Cup. That was a that was a plus sign. And uh, we've talked about the deals for Luke Matheson and uh, for Connor Carty. They definitely good signs. But um, are you looking forward to the third round? It's been a while since Bolton have been involved in the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah, I am actually. And I think it's a game that we can win or do well in. Um, Luton have got their own battles this season and they'll want to stay in the Premier League. And you see, it, there's always a, a team at the bottom. And it does tend to be a team that have only been promoted, actually. Mm. Um that, that go out uh you know we've seen we've seen it before we've seen it happen to bolton before so uh there's always that and i think 
it's a, it wouldn't surprise me if Bolton went and won there or got a draw won the replay. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's good for it's good for Ian Everett um, to show where he's at. It's good for the club to show where we're at because we've we've played the odd championship team. We lost to Middlesbrough, didn't we, in the, the yeah. Carabao Cup? We lost to Aston Villa, Premier League team in the uh, Carabao Cup last year. So. I think the more opportunities we have to test ourselves in a competitive game against a team higher up, then um, it's only going to do us better. So I'm looking forward to it. The the Barry Knights, I suppose, of December, uh, Dan and Lundaloo, just as he was getting going, really, he's, he's ended up uh, doing his hamstring. He's had successful hamstring surgery. He's going to be out for a few months. Really uh, wish him well, of course. That, that was a bit of a blow. Potential blow coming up with the news that, that Gethin Jones and Jack Iredale are being watched by Australia with a view to uh, maybe being in the, the, the Asian Cup in January. So there may be a bit of transfer activity that has to come out of nowhere for that one. Uh, but I suppose the big ones were the fact that they finally started losing games, back-to-back games for the first time in more than 12 months, Portsmouth and Bristol Rovers, as we're talking last week. So um, as we're talking right now, they've got a bit of work to do to just get back on that that winning train I suppose well they have because teams around us are winning and yeah. again this doesn't come out for another week so maybe it's all changed in that time but it, I think it's just show that in this league because you're playing that many matches in quick succession if you have a couple of defeats you, it's I mean but if you if you think about October at the time Bolton were 10 points behind Portsmouth at the top and then we got above them and mm. now we're back to nine behind them so um yeah i think it's uh it's a, such an important time now to get the wins and if you can get that run together if, if you go into the new year or leave the the fa cup weekend where things settle down a bit if you end that and you're in the top two you're going to be confident that bolton will push on but then you also think well in the second half of the year we've got away games at barnsley at wigan at derby you know it, at Peterborough, there's some tough games to be played, so it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It certainly is. Well, that brings us to uh, well present day, and uh, hopefully um, you've had a, a nice Christmas. You're nice, and relaxed. You've uh, you know got started on the old uh, turkey trimmings and the leftovers and such like, but not overdone it. And uh, looking forward to a um, a nice new year. Um, the first part of this massive review will be out um, on the 27th of December. I think the second part will be out a, sec- a couple of days later. I say it's two parts because we've recorded so much stuff. I think I'm going to have to split it in two parts or else otherwise nobody's going to listen to it all. Um, but uh, yes, uh, are you looking forward to it? I mean, we've not had Christmas yet, Henry. Are you looking forward to it? I mean, it's going to be your, your lad's first one. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what day it is, but um, yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm, just, I'm looking forward to uh, spending time as a family more than a, anything. But um, you know, and then when it comes to Boxing Day, you look forward to to Lincoln and uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I love football around Christmas because you forget what day it is, and then you just go, oh, there's a match on today. Like mm. it's it's a nice little surprise. Yeah, that's the problem with working in newspapers is you never forget what day it is because you always you always know what day you're working for. You kind of it's, you're always working a day 
in front of yourself um oh, and, but, and the dates at the top of the paper as well exactly exactly but uh, <laughs> yes i'm looking forward to you. linking away on, on boxing day it's been a while since i've done a really far boxing day trip but there's sell out there there's sell out at fleetwood um once again you know wondrous fans just they just travel anywhere they will literally go anywhere um absolute yeah, madheads wherever we go absolute madheads um are you what's your christmas like then is because you obviously work boxing day and and as you've just said there you're gonna have to get up quite early and travel and mm. what's your christmas day like then can you actually are you a step down from a footballer can you relax without obviously you know you can still eat the food but can you properly relax or are you still thinking oh, i've got work tomorrow i definitely have no problem eating the food mate but no i mean they don't call, <laughs> it's not like it's not like footballers they don't call me in for a morning training session just come in and just do a couple of uh, paragraphs in the morning just to keep my uh, <laughs> body ticking over um but no I, I, we we do print boxing day so uh, the, the newspaper will be a fully operational up until the end of christmas eve um, and when you send that last story to fill the Boxing Day newspaper, that is a glorious moment because it's one of the very, very few days of the year where there is nothing happening the next day. There is no paper to prepare for. Um, in fact, it's the only day of the year that we don't print is Christmas Day. So just pressing send on that last story is a magical moment. And, and that's I can enjoy Christmas Day knowing that I haven't got another newspaper um, there was there was a there was a time a couple of years ago where Bolton decided to go into a transfer embargo on Christmas Eve. I don't know if you remember that. It was I think it was about 2015 or something like that, and they very nearly ruined my Christmas. Um, but uh, no, I'm, I'm lucky in that respect. I get Christmas Day off, um, and then it's uh, driving up from Leicester to Lincoln um, and staying over and uh, and watching that game and hopefully seeing Bolton getting back to winning ways. Yeah, well, unless we have done that against Leighton Orient. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's happening. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I, I do apologise uh, to anybody who has uh, spotted the fact that I've been calling Leighton Orient Fleetwood um, in the paper, by the way. I do apologise. <laughs> I just I can't get my head around the fact that Bolton are not playing against Fleetwood on December the 22nd. I've just not been able to. It's, my brain has not been able to hold that information. I've had it changed 10 times easily in my copy over this week. And one or two things did creep in, and I've people on Twitter reminded me. Thankfully, that's what you're there for. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's looking forward to 2024 and uh, fewer typos um, in the Bolton news. That would be lovely. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for everybody who's joined in over the census emails and census who are yous and. You know, thanks very much to Simon for his music, which has been absolutely fantastic this year. You've been listening to the podcast in absolutely record numbers, um, and I really do appreciate it. We've got big plans for the new year. I know certainly the Bolton News have got a lot of new stuff that's uh, coming your way, a lot of new video stuff, um, and uh, the launch of a new YouTube channel as well. Good grief. Um, yeah, lots and lots of big plans uh, coming up, but uh, thank you very much. I hope you have a I hope you've had a nice Christmas. I hope you have a lovely new year. And me and Henry will be back uh, in 2024 to cover all the headlines. Henry, have you got a last Christmas message for the fans? Remember, a Dacus Cogley isn't just for Christmas. A Dacus Cogley is for life. It's, um, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. That also stands for any of the other Baltimore players. But uh, no, I echo what you say. Thanks, everyone, for listening looking forward to next year i'm also looking forward with this youtube channel to uh, my wife being on maternity leave as she's a makeup artist and uh, we'll, i will be hiring her to uh, make sure i don't look too bad on those mornings we record the book 
Right, until 2024, I've been Mark Isles. I've been Henry Hewitt. And this has been The Buff. Thank you.